Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I am Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm co-host Scott Reschall, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together we team up and do this each and every day, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Just part of the fabulous Max Wagers Network. Happy to be part of the Max Wagers Network, Scott. A lot of good shows over there. Make sure you guys... Check them all out, whether it's Midday Money with Sean Higgs at noon Eastern, and you got Morning Wood with Allie Burns, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern time, just parlays with the King, Chris King and Jim Williams over there, and of course, us at three, and bringing it on home, batting cleanup is, uh, of course, Detroit Lenny and Nick and Tim doing, uh, what's the name of their show, Scott? Uh, oh, hang on a second. Game time decisions. Game time decision. There's. I, Damn it. I, I've been doing it. They make I, one decision in the entire show. That's right. Damn it. That's right. We'll allow it, okay. though. Good to see you guys. Thanks for stopping by. Love to talk to you guys in the comments section. Who we got checking in? Magellan Sports. James Mounts. J.C. Stone in the house. David Good checking in from Arizona. That is the place to be during the month of March. David, you got to let us know if you've seen any, uh, going over there to check out any spring training games, especially that... Uh, those teams that team up there in surprise. Of course, I'm talking about the Texas Rangers. No, I'm kidding. Uh, let's have a good day, says Brandon Kubas. Okay, I'm all about it. T-Train in the house. What's happened, Tony? Hey, T-Train, when do you guys uh, open up your shop there? Is that a, like a May 1st or is that for Memorial Day? Gregory lobster rolls, damn it. We need some lobster rolls, damn it. That's absolutely right. Gregory Larson, what's up, guys? We're ready to make money, Gregory. That's uh, That's what's up with us. Scott, you had one of those days yesterday. You you won a lot and didn't play a lot. Is that kind of what you were telling me? Uh, yeah, I played some, but even, even some of the podcasts and everything there, I basically hit everything out of the park. So it was definitely a good day. Celtics won for me for the play of the day. Very easy. Uh, killed Utah. That Celtics team is really, really good. I'm not sure how good in terms of the playoffs, but Utah, yeah, not a fan. And without Bogdanovich, they got absolutely buried. I believe Boston started the game at 8-for-8 eight eight from the field, and they were up like 15-plus after the first quarter. That's a damn bloodbath. Yeah, it really was. Uh, Renzo Brothers in the house. <laughs> Scott, you predicted the first question that's going to come from the comments section. You, you predicted that 100% accurately. You want to answer it right now? Uh, yes, I said that the question I'll receive the most when we went on air is, am I still taking the Bucks? Absolutely not. Uh, no, I, I gave out the play and then Giannis got ruled out an hour later. So it's one of those spots where I could have made a video or I could have posted something on Twitter saying my play is voided. No, like I'm not going to do that. Whatever. Okay. I basically got a loss before the game even took place. I'll accept it. The Bucks injury report kicks my ass every time. And Giannis is not playing. I am definitely not taking the Bucks. Uh, James Mouse was what time I usually do my show, my, my pick show. I've been doing it around... Uh, what, one thirty to 2 o'clock Eastern time, generally right in that neighborhood, give or take. Um, Star Players Out has been to play on spot lately, says Magellan. going to play well, on, we, but not when you're laying 12 and a half points. We certainly talked about it last night as uh, I poo-pooed the, the Memphis stat. And, and Scott, you and I talked about it before the show. Memphis team plays very well without Jaw. And every time mm -hmm. Jaw's out, I always have to mention the fact that the, the Memphis Grizzlies still lead the NBA in rebounding. And yet, I play right into the teeth of that. So, yeah, I believe they're go. fifteen and two without Morant. They are, yeah, they were fourteen and two going in last night. T Train says they open up their shop on May the twenty third. Says you yeah. just got to take the ferry over. You take the ferry from New York City to to get to Connecticut. 
Oh, I mean, you could drive, but I mean, right. the ferry's but might be easier. How far does the ferry go? As far as you want. What? Damn lobster rolls, man. They'll go as far as you need as you need them. No, to. but I mean, is, I thought the I, the only ferry I know is like the Staten Island ferry that just goes across to the island and to Manhattan. Is that is there you like got a, that one? You got the Yellow Island one. I'm trying to think if there's another ferry that I. There know must about. be another ferry. A, a little time, old old Lime Beach. Do you know where that is? Uh, it's next to New Lime Beach. No, stop it. No, I'll do I'll do the terrible <laughs> jokes. Uh, or yes, Jefferson to Bridgeport. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Yesterday, yesterday versus under uh, today, Michigan goes down. <sighs> we were talking about that. Um, Port Jeff to Bridgeport. Okay, okay, all right. I'm I am learning a lot about the. East I'm trying Coast. to think of how close I am to Port Jefferson. I'm not sure. <laughs> you fucking early. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, I'm dude. I I swear every year we talk about going to make it up there for lobster rolls. Okay, all right. Just tell me when. I know. See, I, what I what I want to do is I want to uh, that in Vegas for the super contest. Uh, yeah. Well, I want to I want to drive. I want to go like to Baltimore and see everybody at the company we work for, and uh, just kind of make a whole CDC and do all the stuff. So, mm-hmm. and my problem is is my wife is now working kind of full time and get the kid to drive you. They all have jobs, dude. They're all like responsible fucking human beings. I didn't raise a slacker. I didn't raise any slackers. It's, it's stunning to me that I didn't raise any kids that are like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. Well, Truman can't drive you anyway because he's too busy with the hockey system. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's doing that. And he well, he's, you know, he's got trying to get his channel going. So, yeah. um, by the way, David, I uh, I said it before. No, I am not taking the Bucks <laughs> minus nine. See, like, I know I'm going to keep getting this question. You but, said, because I mean, he has people come in. You said you were going to get it a bunch. I said, no, you're just going to get I it. I was going to get it a bunch. I said you were only no. going to get it one time. You'd answer it, you'd address it, but I forgot people like are, are joining us as they see it's on. So I've, I've mentioned this in the past. You know, the injury report's going to kill you sometimes, and in reality, I could say on Twitter or something, I'm voiding it, but, I mean, that's not going to help the people that bet it already, so I, I guess I'm just stuck with it, but well, no, I'm not betting. Well, I mean, you could, you could fade it. You, you, could, you could buy out of it. Leave yeah, and, and risk a Polish middle. Get the Polish middle. Yeah, you know I'm saying that's I might, how I do I, it. I might personally, you know, buy out of it, but I'm saying for the sake of videos and everything, I'm not gonna say bet doesn't count, not including it. Like, no, I already made the video. Like, what, whatever. You know, Giannis gets ruled out an hour later. It sucks, but it is what it is. David Good is just rubbing it in, man. First, he was like playing golf in Arizona, and now he wanted to let us know that he missed you talking about it the first time because he was out turning the brats. God, yeah, now he's barbecuing. God damn it. He's not, that's just, he's grilling. He's not barbecuing. We've been through this. Either or. Do we have to go through this like once a summer? That's right. I forgot. Okay. The difference between barbecuing and grilling. Tony says he's pumped for, uh, for college basketball this weekend. Are you excited about the matchups? What, what, what matchup are you excited? By the way, uh, we know guys are going to ask about this. We decide we're going to go through every game, all eight games. We're going to, we're going to make our case real quick. Uh, we'll try to rip through them quickly. And, uh, see, Tony, he, uh, David knows he's grilling. That's right. Uh, you can't beat a three. You can't beat a team three times, and no more bucks bets. Right? Shell rules. You can you can maybe bet the bucks, but try not to do it overnight. <sighs> mm. That's the issue once again. We're doing a play the day video either at the early hours of the morning of like two a.m. or even at like ten a.m. Even when you think you might have missed the storm of injury news, there's always injury news that's on the horizon yep. every time. Uh, David Good laying out three picks that. Uh, or T-Train, rather. Three ticks. I, I really like all, all three of these. 
Uh, Zags minus five and a half in the first half. That's the only one I have worried that I'm worried about because the Zags have kind of like stepped on their dick coming out of the gates for a couple of games. They can't make mm-hmm. fucking free throws. I don't know what they're doing. Gonzaga's second half though has been money. Yeah. Um, but uh, Texas Tech all over Duke. I like Tech there and uh, at Pickham and Houston on the money line over Zona. I like that as well. I think uh, we talked about that. A couple of teams that if they play the way they did last time, they're going to have no shot against the teams they're playing this time. One of those teams is Arkansas as they fumble fucked around, shot 19% from downtown, about 32% from the field. Still got past, you know, New Mexico State because it was New Mexico State. No chance if that team shows up against Gonzaga. No chance at all. And uh, the same with uh, that Arizona team that, quite frankly, should have lost that game to TCU and did not. So if that team shows up. For me, I like Gonzaga. Tech and Duke is tricky. Before the bracket actually took place, or before the actual tournament took place, I had Tech beating Duke in basically every one of my brackets. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to stick with that. I actually like Arizona. Tonight, I can't say it's a strong lean there, but I do think Arizona's guards are significantly more talented than Houston's guards. And I do think that Arizona has the size in the interior to also battle on the glass with Houston. I think Arizona wins. I'm going to stay away from that game, though. I like the other two plays. But for me, I do think Arizona is the more talented team in that matchup. All right, we're going to go through all those here in just a second. Let's take care of some house cleaning, then we'll take a look at yesterday's action, then we'll dive into the Sweet 16 with uh, with both feet. We'll jump in with both feet. Uh, so, of course, as we always do, we want to remind you to like the video and subscribe, blah, blah, blah. You guys you guys know the drill. You watch, you watch videos, you watch media, you know what you do. We appreciate the effort. Of course, don't forget to do... Uh, Hit the subscribe over at Max Wagers Network as well, and as well as the Winners and Winners uh, YouTube, both of those YouTube channels. And naturally, want you to partner up if you haven't done so already. If you have the ability to, in your state, get hooked up with BetMGM, they are offering you a free $1,000 risk free first bet. Basically, the way it works, you know how it works. If you win, you win. Congratulations. And if you lose, no harm, no foul, as BetMGM. We'll make it good to you up to $1,000. Of course, it's only available in states where BetMGM is available. Must be 21 to play and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So make sure you check that out with our partners. So, Scott, it was an interesting day yesterday. Not a lot of action, but there were a couple of uh, a couple of head scratchers, a couple of people that uh, might, be, uh, might be cursing our name. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about it just a little bit. Let's find out... Uh, what happened, Scott, on the Thursday edition of uh, You Know It, You Love It? Who took it in the shorts? And who took it to the bank? Who's the winners? Who's the whiners? It's America's favorite segment. It's called The Cops. I still think it's hilarious that nobody wanted to turn it into the last second victories. Yeah, I, I mean, it was like, no, people want to focus on the misery. Nobody wants Feel Good Friday or any of that shit. They're like, fuck you, I got beat. So, mm-hmm. all right, Skeets, let's get uh, let's get started here in the NCAA, a game that we had talked about. Two of the best cover teams in the nation going at it, Middle Tennessee State and UNC Wilmington, the Blue Raiders and the Seahawks. Middle Tennessee on the money line. They weren't going to cover, but they were leading by two points with one second left. What are you doing? What are you? They're fouling the guy on the shot. 
Wilmington drains both free throws to tie it. Into overtime we go. Into another overtime we go. Middle Tennessee State loses by four. Sorry, Blue Raiders. Sorry, Blue Raider backers. You had the money line there. Ugh, call the cops. The game was as good as I thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. I actually watched the entire thing. Yeah. Uh, both teams very solid, but with two great cover teams, I was going to take the points, and the points turned out to be the right side. So congrats to Wilmington for winning the tournament. Uh, besides that, if you had the Magic and the Thunder under 219.5, remember that number because we're going to mention that game a little bit later, uh, you needed less than 62 points in the fourth quarter. And then you had 34 to 28 in the fourth quarter. Doing the math, that's 62. Game landed 220. Some people lost. If you got a better number earlier, some people won. You know, I'm starting to do more stuff with video now and static pictures. I'm going to come up with a uh, some sort of a meme that just says "shop your lines." I'm going to find yeah. I'm going to find that somewhere and plug it in, and we're going to put it in spots just like this. And finally, turning to spring training, the Cactus League. If you or excuse me, the uh, the uh, Grapefruit League. If you had the new the newly minted Guardians, actually pretty cool logo. I don't hate it, Scott. I don't hate it. I don't the... know what to think of it. It looks like the cover of a really bad '80s baseball movie. <laughs> kind of, a, you know what I'm talking take about. Take off right? on it's kind of a take off on the, the baseball with the wings on. It's like yeah. a cover for Angels in the Outfield reboot. Kind of a Angels in the Outfield combined with Major League with the the ball with the the mohawk. Yeah, and pretty stuff. much. That's really what they were going for. Uh, if you had the Guardians Dodgers over nine and a half, you know you had to be feeling great after two innings. They put up six runs in the first two innings. You know the pitching's just going to get worse from there, except it didn't. This game ended up uh, 5-3, Scott, 5-3. If you had the over nine and a half, you were feeling great for a couple innings. Then you were feeling good for a couple innings, and then you're like, mm, come on now. And then you got a couple runs, you're like, oh, okay, okay. And then you're like, oh, I'm fucked. So, Well, you know that for spring training, you tend to see higher scoring games because the pitchers are, let's just say, not Major League Baseball quality? No, they're not. For this game, they were, but six runs through two innings – you're feeling pretty good with the with the nice, you know, spring conditions out there, and unfortunately, that didn't work out. Not always the best. Not always the best pitchers. What was what was the last league you played in there, Scott? Uh, California Penal. Exactly, man. How'd you get? How'd, how'd you end up playing there? <laughs> stole a car. Stole the car, man. Grand Theft yeah. Auto. Um, man, that's see, that's what happens when you come to rehearsal. We had those bit, those high quality bits, just like that. So I'm just quoting movies that I know. Absolutely. Uh, Carter, the reason why the Bucks line dropped three and a half points is because Giannis is not playing. Nor is Middleton. Of course, that was already baked in. But Yeah, Middleton I already knew was not going to play when I made the video, but about an hour after Giannis was ruled out, even though he had about 30 points against Chicago the other day. So I don't really know why, but yeah, he's decided, you know what, we're playing the Wizards. I'm taking a day off. So I, I think I, I picture Giannis on his on his phone in the locker room watching oh, your. He's just he's he's definitely subscribed. He's, to he's, winners and winners. He's watching your he's video. Like, oh, Scott's got the bucks today. All <laughs> oh, right, I'm not playing. My leg, my leg. I, if I, you remember last year, it was either last year or two years ago. There was about a month stretch where I might have taken the bucks like three or four times, and Giannis decided to just not play at the last minute yep. each time. Yes, it was. It was it, wild. It, it, it was quite humorous. <laughs> it, it was. It, they just really keep trying to tease me. It, it's 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 Charlie Brown with the football. I just can't beat him. This time. This is the time. JR, am I still on the Bucks? No. I am not. I'm not going to cancel out my play. I'll still grade it. But there's no way I'm taking the Bucks tonight. They're dead to me. 
dead to me. I, I, I just can't. You're missing your best two players. Mm. I don't care who you're playing against. I'm not going to lay nine and a half with you. Yeah. You tell them. Hey, there was some good news out there. Nice, easy wins. Sweet victories. You knew who you were. You had those winning tickets. You're making out with your ticket by the uh, by the team the game's halfway over. Because why? You're a weirdo. No, you were sitting in the rocking chair, baby. That's where you were. All about that rocking chair. So the first one, if you had the Spurs, minus nine and a half against the Trailblazers. They weren't the Pistons because they took care of business. They led by 20 at the half and they won by 37. That's pretty good. And we talked about this team a little bit earlier. If you had the Boston Celtics minus four and a half against the not-so-jazzy Jazz, led by 23 at halftime and uh, stretched it out just a little bit there, ended up winning by 27. Congratulations. And the last one, you had the Knicks plus eight and a half against the Hornets. They never trailed in the entire game. So your eight and a half was pretty good. In fact, your money line was pretty good. It won by 15. Very good. All right, let's talk about this. A little. This is kind of a kind of a fun story before we, before we dive in with both feet. We haven't done one in a minute, so uh, we'll we'll do one today. Let's find out who it is, Scott. A little uh, little Miami version. Uh, be be careful. You go to steakhouse down there, in Miami. Y'all just just go to Joe's Stone Crab. Just fuck it. Don't even don't even jack with the steaks, because things might happen, Scott. Let's find out what exactly happened on today's edition of Donkey of the Day. <laughs> So Scott, you know you uh, you fought a good fight. You uh, want to celebrate your victory. You're still on cloud nine. You're with your buddy Jake Paul down there having one of those high priced wagyu steaks in the uh, the steak case or whatever the hell they call it. Uh, comes in a jewel encrusted uh, case, fifty five ounce steak, thousand dollars. Scott, nice little uh, nice little uh, piece of meat for you. And all of a sudden, what happened? Well, you're having a nice meal, and you finish the meal. You're walking out of the restaurant and somebody in a hoodie and a mask walks up to you and sucker punches you in the side of the face. Apparently uh, injured his eye, chipped his tooth, and then the guy ran away. And I'm not saying that you can automatically claim it was Jorge Masvidal, but he posted something on the internet a little bit later saying you say something and uh, this is what happens. So I'm not going to connect the dots entirely. But I'm assuming the guy in the mask was Jorge Masvidal. What do you think? Well, since he got arrested, um, I would think that's probably him. Aggravated battery with bodily harm and criminal mischief. Those are two felonies, by the way. Apparently, they didn't see the third route. Am I right? But, yeah, it's I. that's just complete bullshit. You just fought the guy, and you couldn't do anything against him. He was, he was mad that he wrestled him, right? I understand that... Masvidal was upset that Kobe said something about his family. I get that. Yeah. I don't get how a sucker punch, when you pride yourself on being a street fighter, is supposed to be the answer you need. And I think it's kind of funny sucker punching him because that's indirectly suggesting that he knew he couldn't handle him face-to-face. Yeah, yeah, no question. He had to just come in from the side. Yep. But he got embarrassed for 25 minutes. He landed one really nice shot. And I think the fourth round might have been the third or the fourth round, but either way, um, Masvidal got embarrassed. He lost 50 to 44. It was a bloodbath. <laughs> and then about a couple weeks later, decided to try some street justice out and sucker punch the guy. And even if you don't like Kobe and you think Kobe deserved to get punched for what he said, 
a sucker punch, really. Yeah. Like, that was your genius maneuver that you had wrapped up. So he should go to jail. He's an idiot. And Kobe should win the lawsuit. I mean, I don't really know what... What did Jorge think was going to happen? Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, He I, lands a good punch, and Kobe's supposed to just go, nice shot, he got me. Like, all right. Well, your now what we're even. Like, what, what do you want? No, he's an idiot. I, I don't know what you want me to say. Brock Hood Devil said we need a budget for better sound effect. They spent it all on hats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell you what, though, we won the hat play yesterday, so that counts. Guess what you're seeing again today, fuckers? That's right, you're seeing hats. I don't I'm just to... imagining uh, uh, sem- uh, memorabilia pointing out Jr. and Waller on the commentary. Yeah. Like, uh, you have Masvidal running, and by God, he killed him! <laughs> and, like, uh, Kobe's on the ground, but... Down goes is... Kobe! Down goes Kobe! Sound a little more old school. Stop the match! Yeah, like, <laughs> I-, I can really imagine a situation where the actual people that were just there were having a nice $1,000 stake. And they got themselves a free pay-per-view for it. It's a pretty good combo. Yeah, no kidding. Somebody wanted to know what the uh, the Polish middle is. It's quite simply losing both sides. It's, it's the opposite of an actual middle where you get a good number. And if you get in that sweet spot, you hit them both. The Polish middle would be, let's say you got up and you took Scott's play at minus, what'd you say, Scott? Let 13? It was, it was minus 12 and a half. <clears throat> All right. And you decided uh, now that uh, Giannis is out, you're like, well, I'm going to fade that play. I'll take the other side. So now you're getting Washington at plus nine. nine. Yeah. So what happens if the Bucks win by 10, Scott? No, you're traveling to Poland because that's a middle. That's the Polish middle right there. You lose, you lose you both, lose both. both sides. Good. Yep. It's not, it is something, it is painful and it is something you try to avoid, JC. Uh, no, Magellan. That's well, perhaps. Drew the super slide, the Leon Edwards thing was stupid too. Because if you listen to Mosfidal's actual retelling of the story, he basically just said Edwards had his hands up and Mosfidal took that as an invitation to punch him in the face. <laughs> you you rewatch it and it doesn't look like Edwards was ever going to punch him. And Mosfidal just clocked him with a three-piece and a soda. So Mosfidal seems like he needs to handle everything on the street. Yeah. But he's handled it incorrectly on the street, and right. now he's going to jail. Uh, Dan O'Sear says we need to leave our hats on longer. Yeehaw. Um, okay. I would. I don't the know. Segments this, ro- the segment's only like three minutes. I don't know that Scott would. I would, except I'm still trying to deal with the headphones and the hat at the same time. So, uh, JC says, we call that a Mexican taco medal. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, it's just really which which nationality do you want to offend the most? That's it's really what it's about. So, all right, Scott. So as promised, let's go through these games one at a time. We've already talked about a little bit uh, of them. We'll take them in rotation order: six twenty three, six twenty four. That's going to be your ten p.m. Eastern time game. That's Arizona and Houston. I don't know why they got them all fucked up time wise, but that's what I was going to say. Do you want to go by rotation or go by actual chronological? Uh, well, that'll challenge me because I need to. So, okay, so chrono- Gonzaga games first. Chronological Arkansas-Gonzaga is first at 7.09. Uh, Gonzaga minus the 10. I think we both agree we don't want any part of the Arkansas Razor Hogs in this one. Uh, I like Gonzaga. You can still find minus 9.5, so I would take that. Yep. Now, I know the argument's going to be, well, Gonzaga hasn't looked great, struggled a bit with Georgia State, struggled a bit with Memphis, had a great second half. The issue is Arkansas is on that road. 
where they're in the Sweet 16, they're in the SEC. SEC, by the way, disastrous in this tournament. But they haven't played anybody because they beat Vermont barely, and then they played New Mexico State. So they've played two double-digit mid-major schools, and now they're facing off against Gonzaga. It's a massive step up in competition. Arkansas scored 50 and change against New Mexico State, which is embarrassing. I like Gonzaga because I think that on the inside, Gonzaga should dominate the glass. The guards, I think, are good enough to combat with with Arkansas's guards. The truth is, offensively, besides a note from the perimeter, do they really have many guys? Because Likes is their, I'd say, energizer bunny point guard, but he's extremely streaky, and his shot selection kind of sucks. So I'm not a big fan of Arkansas's guards. The big men definitely have the advantage for Gonzaga. And even though Gonzaga struggled in the first two rounds, they've had a couple of extra days to regroup. I think Gonzaga comes in comfortable, and I think they win by double digits. Yep, I'm the same way. This is my this is my play of the day. A lot of things we talked about there. Um, Arkansas doesn't do well against good defensive teams, and they don't do well against good big men. And no, they, they just haven't played lines. anybody. I mean, no offense to Vermont and New Mexico State. I think they're pretty good mid-major teams. You're going from those two mid-major double-digit seeds Best team in the country. to the number one overall team in the country. Yep. That's a massive step up. Now, there's a number of trends as far as the total goes that point to the under, a bunch of historical trends in, in the Sweet 16 games involving these particular seeds. We talked about it for a farm. I cannot get behind it because I remember that Gonzaga team can score in bunches. And I just... Uh, I just had a problem with pulling the trigger on the on the under there. But if you want to trend play the under in this one four game in the Sweet Sixteen, it's a, there's a, a couple of very good historical trends. And Arkansas, they are going to have trouble scoring, Scott. So it could it could very well come under. Gonzaga could put up their eighty five, and still it would not get to over the total. That's entirely possible. Yeah, for me, it's either under or pass. I know you – it seems like I like the under more than you do. Yeah. I'm but... looking at a spot where Arkansas, once again, scored 75 against Vermont and 53 against New Mexico State. That's just disgusting. Not to mention 64 against a and I think Gonzaga can do enough to hold Arkansas to about 70. And I'm going to pencil Gonzaga in for about – 85 plus? Uh, eight. I was gonna, no, I was going to say like 82, okay. give or take. I see this game being somewhere in the realm of like 82 to 68. I see something like that. But if Arkansas doesn't get to 70, I really would not be that surprised because offensively, they're extremely inconsistent. And even Gonzaga, they've been good offensively. First half, they've been a little bit slow starters. So I am kind of expecting this game to be a little bit lower scoring. I think my favorite total in this game would be Arkansas team total under. Because that way you can survive the onslaught of Gonzaga's offense right. and still cash. The question for the totals are going to be Arkansas if they can do anything, right? Yeah, that's a, so it's a, somewhere in the neighborhood of 73 for a total for Arkansas. Seems a bit high. Yeah, it does seem high. Um, James Mounts is, uh, he likes Arkansas. Or no, somebody, who is, somebody said they liked Arkansas first half plus five and a half. If I was going to play Arkansas, that, that'd be the play. That, that, no, he said Zags first half. I'm guessing so. It's minus five. I, I swear, did, I swear, I saw Arkansas somewhere else. I was talking about James. He said he said. Gonzaga. Yeah, I know James did. No, no, I saw that. Um, I saw David okay. said he took Arkansas in a teaser at plus sixteen. Okay, no. which might get dicey, but we'll see. Yeah, I think he should be safe. He said optimistically. 
Um, well, I do think I do think that uh, T Train kind of hit it on the head here. He said both Gonzaga and Arkansas play with pace. Yep. But if Arkansas tries to run with Gonzaga, it's going to be a bloodbath. I just straight up agree. Yep. If you go up tempo with an up tempo expert team, you're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah, you just how it's going to go. You can't do it. All right, Scott. Next on the list, as far as chronologically goes, is Michigan and Villanova. Michigan probably the second most surprising team in the Sweet 16, Scott? Can you say that? It depends on your definition of surprising because uh, every year unexpected. when you get a team that. I was gonna say every team every year every year you get a team that doesn't deserve to get in. Yeah. Suddenly you look up at the second weekend and they're there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I guess I can say it's fully shocking because I had Michigan beating Colorado State. Right. So the question was Tennessee. Sure, that was a nice one from behind win there. I think the most I think the most surprising of, of uh, is obviously St. Peter's. I mean, duh. Right. That's obvious. why I said second most. I think the second most would be Iowa State. Okay. For me, just because of how awful they looked in two of their last three regular season games, or even just uh, leading up to the tournament offensively, they scored 36 against Oklahoma State. They scored 41 against Texas Tech. They beat LSU. They beat Wisconsin in Milwaukee. I would personally say that I'm more surprised about Iowa State than Michigan. Because Michigan was preseason top 10. Okay. Yeah, you're right. They They pretty much sucked from that point on. Correct, but I I meant I said before the tournament, Michigan at 140 to one to win the title. I didn't mind the value if you thought they might be able to rekindle something. I guarantee it ain't 140 to one now. It's not. Now I'm not gonna pick them to win the title. Right. I'm just saying if it if it comes down to which one's more surprising, I thought Iowa State was kind of just gonna get run over, or they were just gonna struggle. Michigan has talent. I'm not exactly shocked that they're here. T train uh, watching a lot of Villanova basketball. Thinks to Jay Wright's a hell of a coach, and he goes right at uh, Hunter Dickinson and perhaps puts him in some foul trouble. Well, Colorado State exposed him. What you have to do is just set up pick-and-roll situations with Dickinson and just have the big man pop, and Dickinson cannot guard on the perimeter. Yep, yep. Damien said that Chris King's talking about the same thing, Damien Cullen. Well, he should. Dickinson's the most valuable player on the team. Well, there's yeah, no question about that. Scott, do you, uh, you like Villanova to cover the five here? I do agree about Jay Wright. I think Jay Wright's the best coach in all college basketball. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a hot take. Do you? Uh, no, he seems he's, he's a guy that seems to do uh, never has the most talented team uh, in the country, but is always right there. And he's in the, he's, he's the he's the master of being the coach of the time. He's he's very good at knowing uh, when it's time to win and when you can afford to take some time off. And yeah. every every year. This Villanova team, or often they seem like they kind of underachieve in the Big East. They lose a couple head-scratching games. You're like, well, fuck, Villanova, then not this year. And then at the end of the year in the tournament, there they are in the Sweet 16, sometimes going further than that. So I mean, he has two titles with Villanova. Like, right. He's got more titles in 10 years than Bayheim has in 30 with Syracuse. Calipari. Then um, Calipari, then Izzo. Sure. He's got more championships than all of them. Right. So, yes, I think he's the best coach in all college basketball. Having said that... I do think Michigan presents some issues, mostly Lawrence, who just brought it up. It's the size differential. Because Villanova's a pretty good rebounding team for their size. They mostly rely on three-point shooting. And Dickinson on the interior could be a serious problem for Villanova. If Dickinson goes for 22-12, and 12, I don't think anyone would be surprised. Because I don't think Villanova has anybody who could really guard him. So I think Michigan's going to hang around. It might be like an Ohio State game 
where it's a one possession game in the second half and then Villanova closed the game on a series run and they cover. But for me, I'm going to hold my nose and take Michigan. I think they're going to hang around. Yeah, I'm the same way. Sometimes there's just, for lack of a better term, there's just kind of teams of destiny. And I think this could be that year for Michigan. I think the the journey probably ends after this one. You're going to be able to tell early on because Villanova, sorry to interrupt, the main reason why I wasn't sold on them to actually make a seriously deep run, they just rely so heavily on the three-point shot. Mm-hmm. And Michigan plays they go decent three-point sl- defense. Yeah, Michigan's uh, three-point defense is pretty good. If Villanova even goes slightly cold from the three-point line, they don't really have a backup plan. That's really their plan A, B, and C. Right. So if Michigan can do a good job contesting threes, which was a serious issue against Colorado State, I'll admit that. But if Villanova goes cold from three, there's really only one way they can win the game. And I think that's concerning when you're laying points. Somebody uh, somebody asking about, uh, by the way, uh, what's up, Bian Trabajo? Good to see you, man. Somebody asking about uh, who has the better guards. I don't think there's any question Villanova has the better guards. but It's tough to beat Gillespie, you know, senior leadership, everything like that. But I do like Collins from Michigan. They might have found the diamond in the rough there. Absolutely. What up, Timmy? Tim Earl in the house. Don't forget to check out uh, Tim and the gang doing their show at 5 p.m. Eastern time. What is this guy? I'm sorry, five, uh, game time decision. There you go. There you go. The kid's a fast learner. Right they make there. one decision. Uh, next up, now I, now I have to do some ciphering out here. Next up on the... By the way, for the Michigan game, I do like the under in that game. Uh, I'm going to go the other at way. At least I'm looking at the under. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go... I think, I think it's going to be a grind. I'm, I'm going to go the other way. Go the okay, other. fair enough. Um, 9.39, is that our Texas Tech-Duke game? Is that the next one up, I guess? Yeah. Uh, yes. All right. Uh, pick them. 136 and a half is the number that I've got there. I'm a big fan. I, I, I like this Texas Tech team. I'm not going to lie to you. Part of it is the, uh, part of it is the, uh, bias. I think the big 12 has looked a little better. Although the ACC has looked surprisingly good, Scott. A little better than we yeah, thought. Yeah, they've been good. But, I mean, uh, truth is they've been good, but it's really North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, they've really just made the ACC look so much better. Mm-hmm. Because the and because North Carolina was on the bubble, they beat uh, Duke, of course, in the final game with for Coach K and Cameron Indoor, and I still didn't think they were very good. They beat Marquette by about forty, and then they were up twenty five against Baylor. I know they blew the game and then won in overtime, but yeah, North Carolina has made the ACC look really, really good yep. during this tournament. Absolutely. Um, as far as the to- as far as the total in that game, by the way, oh yeah, we talked about that. I like I like the over. Michigan's been trending over. I think they've gone over six or last seven. Um, I'm just expecting a war. So whatever. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Uh, this Texas Tech team, I think it's a pretty good representation of how good the Big Twelve is. Um, you know, you yeah. saw saw TCU last week. Um, pretty much just uh, give that game away or have it taken away, depending on what you thought of that last decision. But they could have. At the end of the day, they could have made free throws. And, uh, and and closed it out. So now, Scott, this is a uh, a Duke team that has been decent as far as winning games. They have been dreadful against the number. They have failed to cover five of their last six. They finally got off this night against Michigan State and uh, ran that one up pretty late, right? Uh, yeah, they were actually trailing with like, I want to say 
five minutes, like six minutes to go or something. Yeah, and I ended up winning by nine. Duke went on a massive run. Michigan State scored like two points in the final like four minutes. So they, they got blown out in the end. And, you know, you guys you guys know the draw in Texas Tech. They play just a ton of defense. They've given up uh, 62 or less in five of their last six. The only uh, exception being this Kansas Jayhawks team that beat them. Number one in Ken Palm. 74-65. That's right. Um they do play the. Uh, they are number one in uh, effective defense. Uh, effective defense in Kim Palm, according um, mm-hmm. to Skeeter, right here. And yeah, that is correct. So, I think that Duke is going to struggle to score. I, I think that uh, the guards from Texas Tech are going to be able to get it done. Um, now, whether they can play inside with them, that's another question. But. I'm going to take I'm going to take Tech here. And 1777 pointed out a lot of people on Tech here, Scott. So, are they? I, I know a lot. It seems like a lot of people, relatively sharp, like Tech. I'm assuming the public's going to be all over Duke and Coach K, right? I that's what I'm thinking. That's, that's what I'm assuming. What I'm thinking. I, I don't know the public uh, being on Tech. I don't I don't have that on my bingo card. I would like to know the breakdown there as far as uh, money bet versus number of bets. The truth is, this is the type of game where if you don't want to play it pregame, you can honestly make a decision about five, ten minutes in. We, I know we've talked about how bad the officiating has been in the actual tournament so far. Not just for bad calls, but also for dictating the actual, I'd say, I don't want to say vibe, but the tone of the game. Right. If the referees will let these teams play and they keep the fouls at a, at a minimum, Tech's winning by ten. Agreed. Like, if they let them play, Tech will single-handedly manhandle all of Duke and make them extremely uncomfortable. But if they're calling all these ticky-tack fouls, then I think Duke's going to win. Yeah. So, I I mean, then again, once again, it's a cop-out answer relying on referees and what you think the calls are going to be. But I think you would agree, the more physical the game is, the more it benefits Texas Tech. Yep, and that's kind of what 1777 memorabilia is agreeing with you there. Lawrence Anthony points out Texas Tech best on ball defense in the nation. Um, yeah, they just they give, they give you no breathing room whatsoever. Now Tech offensively can be inconsistent, which is definitely annoying. Yep. The truth is the issue with Duke is that I love Williams as a center. I think he's really good. Bonchero is a solid college player. I think he's highly overrated, but he's still going to be a top ten pick. He's still good. He's probably going to go top five, but. Besides those two guys, and Williams doesn't really have many post moves. He's mostly just the guy who stands on the rim and dunks. Do they have many other scores on the team? Like, Griffin's fine. That's really it. That's kind of it, right? I yeah. mean, Keels, I'm not a fan of. I don't think Keels is very good. He's shown flashes, but... He's extremely inconsistent. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Um, and, Moore's, and Moore's okay, I guess, but... I think Tech's going to make it physical. I'm going to take the Red Raiders. Yeah, it is going to have a lot to do with how the fucking refs call it, you know, and that's, a, and you're right. That is a cop out. It sounds like shit, but refs can make just so much of a difference, man. Um, whether the, well, that's how tech came back against Notre Dame, right? I mean, Notre Dame fouled them a lot. And the truth is when tech was guarding for the last couple of minutes, they put the clams down. The refs didn't call anything. Uh, tech swarmed. Ryan, we talked about that. Scott had that as, as his actual play of the day. And he is backed away from it as far as the Bucks to cover 12 and a half. Scott, are you bold enough to take the Wizards plus 10, or are you just backing out of that? Just... I like the Bucks team total under 119 and a half. Okay. If you want to dare Drew Holiday and company to score 120 plus, 
good luck to him. But I'm going with the team total under. Uh, I'd like to see what Drew Holiday's number is. Okay, that's fair. I'd be curious to play the over there. Uh, as far as the total on this game, Brad Evans is asking about it, and we'll uh, is it is it turning is it turned into a slugfest, Scott? I mean, this is a this is a Duke team that's been putting some points on the board. The only team they really struggled against was Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech they play a little defense on occasion, um, and that just wasn't a good game for Duke at all. Virginia Even, Tech also was money from three, so that also helped. Yeah, they were they were uh, making it rain in that game. Yeah, they put up they put up eighty two. So. Does it just come into it? I just I think the under has got to be the lean here, right? They're just going to have to take up too much time out of the shot clock to find an open shot with this Texas Tech defense. I think it's correlated for me. If Duke's in a win, I like the over. Yep. Because I think that Duke has to win a somewhat high-scoring game. I've seen them defensively this season. It's not great. Duke, they have moments, but overall it's not amazing. Tech's offense can struggle at times, but if they're going to win the game... They're going to hold Duke to probably, hell, like 62, mm-hmm. something like that, yep. maybe 65. Yep. So if you like tech, I'd recommend parlaying it with the under in a correlated situation. But once again, the thing is, memorabilia, I know that you think uh, Bonchero is pretty good. He's talented. I just think he's a bit of a ball hawk. I, don't, I do not think he makes his teammates around him better. Jason you, M., um... Jason, he seems like he's a complete isolation scorer. So far, I, 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 I think, I think he's a work in progress. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's going to be a bust or anything. Right. I'm just saying he's like, he has an outside shot to be the number one pick in the draft, and I don't think he should go in the top three. No, his game's not there. His game's not at that point yet. I agree. Yeah, he could become really good, but he's a he has good isolation scoring moves. That's pretty much it. I, I don't know what else he really does well. Oh, you give him a couple more years at Duke, he'll be fine. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, I forgot what year we lived in. Uh, no, he'll be it's fine. Not, it's not an insult, you know. He's still young. I think he's going to be a decent pro prospect. But no, I just bet he'll be playing out. in the. He'll Besides be scoring. I don't know if he does anything. He'll be playing in the NBA next year. Just... Does he guard anybody? Kinda. Does he rebound? Kinda. Does he pass? Not really. He's fine. I just don't think he's worthy of being a top three pick. Jason M brings up the point. It absolutely has to be made. I don't like Tech's offense. I don't like them against good offensive teams. It's fair enough. I, I get that. It's really it's really what you think is going to happen with game flow. If you think the Tech defense is going to be able to overshadow the good Duke's offense, then you're on Tech. And if you think well, that, that, yeah, the other I way. I saw a tweet on that, by the way. If you want to compare the ages, Duke's average age for the starting five is around 19. Okay. Texas Tech's around 22. I was going to say 21 and a half, so yeah. Yeah, give or take. They had a lot of transfers, so a lot of fifth-year seniors, hell, even sixth-year seniors with the COVID stuff. So, yeah, if you want to go by experience on the court, tech's probably your move. Yep, absolutely. That's a great point, Damian. Renzo Brothers says, how is it 10 in the Bucks wizards Giannis worth two points and Middleton worth one? Well, Middleton was already baked in, so that's all those those yeah. all those three points. are. That's all Giannis. So, it's got – in the real world – is Giannis worth more than three points? I think Giannis is worth like five or six. I mean, I know statistically you probably go through and they score, you know, X number of points with him, X number of points without him, and that's how they figure it out. I get that. There should be a multiplier where, like, if you're missing multiple players, you have to add an extra point. Yeah, and it also, again, we talked about this, I think, yesterday. It depends on who you're playing and what their strengths are and, and everything like that. So first thing I realized here, Scott, I think I lied about doing all eight games. We're going to do four, and we'll do the other four tomorrow. 
Well, the truth is the NBA card wasn't great, but shout out to Chris Paul for coming back. Yep. I know you're excited about that. I wasn't convinced. Well, it's, big, I, it's big for me. I got postseason action on the Suns. Right. No, I just thought I just thought that was a bad spot. We talked about that. You you wanted to put that up, up there as a farm, and I nixed it because it's 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 just a tough situational play. It's it's the uh, second mm-hmm. day of a back to back. They're going to altitude. Chris Paul's first game in how long, Scott? Uh, fifteen games. Yep. Uh, about uh, two months. Two months. Yeah. Give or take month and a half. Uh, that's fair critique on Benchero. Let's see how it plays today. Agreed. I think it, I think yeah. it's going to say a lot about about his prospects and how he plays. Against I'm, I'm not saying he's a second round pick. I'm just saying I wouldn't take him top three. Uh, Big Twelve title game. Tex coach said they needed to score in the 70s to beat KU. I kind of feel that same way about this game. Okay. I fair. I get that. I've watched this KU team a lot. I watched Duke quite a bit. I don't think Duke's on the same level that KU is, but. We'll see. I think Kansas just has more depth that Duke just does not have. Because we're talking about foul trouble and how the referees might officiate this game. If Bonchero or Williams get into foul trouble early on, is Duke screwed? Kind of? I think so, yeah. I've been criticizing this bench for months. And I feel like that's a serious concern where if you put all your eggs in the Williams and Bonchero basket, and then one of them can play for about 10 minutes and a half, you're gonna have problems. Yeah, Tech's more Tech's more of a team, and yeah. Duke is more of a collection of individual basketball players. Yeah, pretty much. So, all right, last game on the slate for tonight, Scott. It's going to be Houston, Arizona. Uh, Arizona one and a half point favorites. One forty five is the number. Does the train stop here for Arizona, Scott? I said before, I actually like Arizona here. I feel like I'm at the point where even though I was not a fan of Arizona winning the title when a lot of people in the chat box were asking about that a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. they got past TCU in a game that they probably shouldn't have won. I'll admit that. The referees, once again, butchered the entire game. But Arizona now, I feel like, is undervalued because they look so vulnerable against TCU that now everybody likes Houston. I feel like it's a good spot to zag where everyone's zigging. I'm going to take Arizona. Okay. Okay. I'm still... It's a bit of a contrarian play, but I think you'd agree. If you could buy and sell stock for Arizona, it's probably at its lowest point in months. It is a buy low spot. I agree. Um, according to Ken Palm, this is the matchup of the number two and number three teams in the country. So this, this is your... Uh, according to Ken Palm, this is your national semifinals right here. Yeah, you can argue that this is going to be the best matchup that we have for the rest of the tournament based on Ken Palm. It really, it's really, who do you believe? Do you believe the polls or do you believe Ken Palm? If you believe Ken Palm, you take the Cougars here tonight and grab those points. If you believe the polls, you take Arizona and you're happy with only having to lay less than two. So It'll be close, but when in doubt in a close game, I'll take the best player on the floor and that's easily Matherin. I think Matherin is a top three player in the draft. I think he's actually that good, and I think he's going to be really good in the pros. I, I think he's a hell of a player. All right. I've got the other side. I've got I've got Houston. I like their strength inside. I like the fact that they're a well-balanced team. Uh, Can they shoot? Yeah, well, they're number 10 in offensive efficiency. So well, I'm saying from the outside. Are they a great three-point shooting team? No, they, they don't They don't have to be. They don't have yeah. to be. I think they can pound the ball inside against this Arizona team. I think they have to be able to, to guard the perimeter. I think that's I think that's going to be far more important than their ability mm-hmm. to shoot from outside. So that was one thing I didn't really understand in the Arizona TCU game, though. 
you have two seven footers in the game for Arizona at basically all times. Right. And yet for about an eight minute stretch there in the second half, TCU just manhandled them on the glass. And I'm really not sure what happened. I don't understand why you have those guys and you can't get more rebounds. If you look at the They re- did an overtime. In overtime they did a better job and but, they had the huge and one layup there yeah, that by was Matherin, th- but three offensive rebounds. That, that that was the game. It was right just there. deja vu. It was the same Creasa missing three straight three pointers from the same exact spot and they got a rebound every time. But yep. I am kind of wondering what's going on with Arizona on the glass, but once again, it's a great buy low spot for, I would say, the second consensus team to win the title going into the actual March Madness behind Gonzaga, probably. Yeah. So I don't mind it for a buy low spot on Arizona. All right. Um, I agree, James. Bronco Devil says, oh, because I forgot, I, I didn't acknowledge your, uh, sorry, buddy, I didn't ex- acknowledge your parlay last time. He has the Zags, Nova, and Houston plus the three. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. I probably like that more than you. Although, again, uh, you're you're the. Nova I think I might just watch games today. I do like Gonzaga, but I might just uh, enjoy that Arizona game. I'm just going to be glued. Like I don't even know, I don't even know if I need the action. I'm just going to have a hell of a time watching the game. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be there's going to be some good games for sure, for sure. I think that Zags game will be uh, decent for at least for a while. I'm curious to see what they do. All right. Uh, total on this game, Scott? Oh, this is really tough because Houston's so great at both sides of the ball. Arizona is an offensive machine. I think I'm going over just because Arizona offensively, I do think could push the pace. And I think you could see a high scoring game here. I don't think Arizona's defense is great by any means. It's fine according to efficiency, but they go up tempo, which definitely helps. I think I'm looking at the over. You? It's a tough one for me. That's a, I it's think very that, tough. I think that's a very. I think that uh, the 145 is a very sharp number. Yeah, um, it feels that way. This is a Houston team that's really been getting it done. You know, that's an impressive performance. You know, giving up 53 to Illinois is impressive. Also, giving up 68 to UAB. UAB can flat out shoot. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a that's a decent performance. And then 53 to Memphis. Um, Oh, they, they've been they've been great. I'll lean the There's other no way. way I'll lean the other way. I think it's correlated here too. I think if if you like the if you like the under, I'll go even like a reverse correlation. I think if you like the under, it's probably a Houston game. If you like the over, I think that gives Arizona a much better chance. Yeah, sounds about right. Suns are now a pick'em. There you go, Scott. A lot of people thinking like you. Moo, moo. It's herd mentality. Get on it. Get on it. All right, so uh, man, yeah, we're gonna do. We'll do the other four tomorrow. We'll do the Friday games tomorrow. You ready, buddy? Yep. All right, here we go. It is time, everybody. It's Thursday. You know the drill. Hopefully, ever. I hope everybody went out and bought their own hats. Hope everybody got their own hats. That'd be that'd be great. Um, don't forget to check out our contest too, guys. I, I, it's all in the show notes. I can't believe I, I did all the plugs and I forgot to talk about our contest. This is the coolest part. Uh, Got to get in by. Uh, I think tomorrow is the is the last of tomorrow night because it'll the questions will come out tomorrow night. Fifteen questions. Uh, it's all about the great eight, the elite eight. So it'll be some sides, some totals, some player props. If anybody gets all fifteen right, it's ten grand. Boom, there you go. Um, if nobody wins the first prize or the top prize, it'll be whoever gets the most right. It's free. Definitely click the link, get entered. Very simple process. They'll send you the questions out after the games tomorrow night when we know who's playing who. And, of course, they have the Sweet 16 betting guide. I'm not sure it's quite ready to go, but it will be. It's got to be ready to go because the games are nice. So, yeah, get over there and get your Sweet 16 betting guide. Um, 
yeah, it'll be available all weekend or at least until Saturday. So, okay, here we go. Uh, it is time once again, Thursday. Get your overalls on, get your straw hat, put it on top of your head at a rakish angle, of course. Climb aboard your John Deere, get out those lucky rabbit's foot keys because, ladies and gentlemen, you know it, you love it. It is time once again to bet the farm. Putting your hat on already? Yeah, I think it, people want it on longer, so I think it might be better off if we play it now when there's the cow sound effect. All right. You? All right. Put no, what see, do you think? Mine just looks goofy. Because that way we're kind of transporting to the farm. Okay. Uh, that's very good. All right. See, I just can't get a... I can do this. Yeah, but see, yeah. Then, I can't, then I can't hear you. So okay. that's my problem. All right. I'll do, you know what? I'll do this. I'll do it radio style. Here yeah, so go. from now on, we'll put it on right when the cow is about to go off for the actual sound effect. Okay. Good enough. All right. Very good. Um, Scott, how we end up doing yesterday? So we mentioned it on Call of the Cops. If you had the under 219 and a half in the Thunder Magic game, we had 221 and a half, and the game landed at 220. So a nice winner. So for sorry, us. but, uh, you know, cue the banjos. Yeehaw! Ma'am, you tip you tipping your hat, ma'am? <laughs> nice. Harry did. All right, my friend. Well, today we're going to take a foray into something we have not forayed into yet. And you would think with four college basketballs on one of the most interesting Sweet 16s in recent memory that we'd have a basketball play. And you, of course, would be... What, Scott? Wrong. You'd be wrong. You'd be wrong because today uh, we're going to play the Kansas City Royals for our Bet the Farm play at minus 105. Guys, if you don't know this, this is one of the dirty little secrets about... Uh, preseason baseball, the Royals actually absolutely dominate the Cactus League. They are the Los Angeles Dodgers of spring baseball. They are the Kings of March. They are currently uh, 4-0. The Reds are the team they are playing. They are 4-2. Kansas City has won the Cactus League. I believe David Goodman has some information on this. I believe by the time we decided to take this, I didn't have time to look it all up. I believe they've won the Cactus League three years in a row. So they are uh, very, very solid indeed. Game's in 10 minutes, by the way. And the game is in 10 minutes. That's right. Kansas City is absolutely mashing this year. Um, they are hitting 349 as a team. That is first in the league. And most importantly for us, we're getting it at minus 105. That is an absolute steal. Who's pitching? Don't know, don't care, because it's going to be a bunch of guys. One of them is going to give up some runs, and everybody else is going to shut them down. That's the way it's been so far. We like the Kansas City Royals in this spot, minus 105, against the Cincinnati Reds. Spring training baseball, it's firing up at four, excuse me, 410. So get over there and get that bet down. Scott, any comments? Uh, for me, the only thing to add there is that the Royals, once again, are the best team in spring training literally every year. Yep. You're getting them at minus 105. They're undefeated. You got to do it. They've killed everybody. I feel like in this spot, they should minimum be minus 120. Hell, minus, maybe even minus 130. And that's what they've but been. Minus 105, sure. Yep, absolutely. By the way, if you're not, you, you should make this play every day. This is not just for today. You should make, anytime you get the Royals at minus 120 or better, you should be on that play. So Because blindly, you're not going to set a spring training line at minus 200. Right. But Kansas City wins about 80% of their spring training games. Correct. Absolutely correct. There's going to be overlay in almost every Royals game. So, 
That's going to do it for our Bet the Farm play. That's going to do it for the show for this Thursday. Don't forget, guys, check us out tomorrow as we do a double header. We're going to do our regular show and our NASCAR show. Then we're going to do our baseball preview shows at the uh, double header spot next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, followed by wrestling on Thursday and NASCAR again on Friday. So it's a full week for us. This is the last day of one show for the next six days, Scott. So, uh, yeah, strap in, everybody. All right, you guys have a great day. Good luck on all your plays. Thanks for watching. Thanks for liking, subscribing, all that stuff. We appreciate it. Don't forget to check out uh, uh, Nick and Tim and Lenny here in about an hour as they do game time decision. But for us, we'll be back tomorrow doing our thing, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Scott and I will do our very best to help you in your journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you then.